We are back. It's the Diedrich Taylor Coaches Show, hosted by Brandon Marcus. That is me, Diedrich Taylor, is the other individual. If you're watching this one on YouTube, then you see that beautiful man with the bald head just showing up over there, Diedrich Taylor. And then, of course, if you're listening to this one, whether it's Apple Podcasts or it's wherever you get your podcasts, uh, big thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in as we have another episode and we finally have basketball. I mean, holy hell, it took long enough as Diedrich, you had one game and then finally you guys got on the court. I mean, wow, finally, it must have been, there must have been some sense of relief. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, relief and, and uh, the, the saying, you know, you're, you're a little bit gun shy. Yeah. I don't understand that. You know, and and I think my team experienced that, and all the way up till it was tip off time. You know, my team kept looking around and they kept asking questions. You know, has Santa Barbara tested? And and we answered that question. And then when do they test? And you know, just all the questions that are synonymous with us that we've experienced, as opposed to not being able to play, actually playing. Um, you know, it was just good to be out there. You know, the first night, Friday night, we we got our got our bell rung, and and that's that's to be expected. Um, but the next night, I thought I thought the guys, most importantly, showed themselves what they can be capable of if they are organized and they are committed and focused on some common goals. And and you know, super proud of them. But but more than anything, just happy um, for them that they were able to experience um, what Division One college basketball is about. You know, and then you have to couple in, couple into the fact that you know, the circumstances are different. This is the new norm. You know, we weren't in the same locker room, you know, we were in a foyer and we could hear the music at a halftime and, you know, just getting used to all those different things, um, being at someone else's arena and all those, all those things, you know, for, for our team to come together and come out the way that they, they came out, which, which is competitive. Um, I think gives us a lot of things that we can build on. Um, but we still didn't accomplish the ultimate goal, which is obviously to win. You know, but in spite of all of the things that were against us or, or all of the things that we faced, we found a way to compete. And I think from one night to the next, we found a way to get better, which is what it's all about. I mean, listen, you and I talked about last episode, you guys were kind of set up to fail and you guys came out of quarantine and immediately go onto the court. I mean, it, it's, it's a fact. You had one game, man, one game you guys had under your belt, and then you're expected to go into conference play and take on a team in UCSB that is going to be one of the top teams in the conference. I mean, that, that's really difficult. And we're going to talk about the games because you guys, like you said, you really did show improvement between game one and game two. You guys had a lead at half in game two, and you guys just couldn't hold on. And whether that is you guys just fitness-wise or you guys just not playing together long enough, we'll talk about that because there is a lot to be encouraged about when you can see improvements. You and I talked about this also where – we discussed what's it like to play back-to-back nights and what adjustments can you make, you know, going from one game and then the next day you play the same exact opponent. And so you guys were able to make adjustments and you guys were able to accomplish something. But before we get to the actual games themselves, I kind of want to talk about what everybody doesn't see. So you mentioned that everybody, the guys on your team were talking about, well, did UCSB test? And you were talking about the being in the foyer during halftime. Take me through what it was like from Fullerton to UCSB. Uh, you guys getting on the bus, I'm assuming you guys are all on one bus. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still the case? Are you guys wearing masks on the bus? Do you have to distance the guys in the bus? And then um, the hotels, normally 
you have guys that are rooming together. Is that still the case? Yeah, I mean, it, it was everything was different from from how we traveled to the way we traveled to when we travel. Normally, for the Santa Barbara trip, we travel the night before. Um, we play Friday. We will get there on Thursday to have shoot around there on Friday and do all of that stuff. And that's the first most important, not most important, but one of the things we had to get used to. You know, we traveled on game day. Um, we had our shoot around here at Cal State Fullerton. So the guys were up relatively early. We started shoot around at nine. Um, but they were already on the floor at like 8.30, 8.15. They were already there. And so we probably started a little bit early, but um, that, uh, but leading up to that, you know, one of the questions we had or from, from our team or from one of our players in particular, you know, has the other team tested? And so the NCAA and the Big West, um, they're mirroring that, that situation in terms of um, they're requiring three tests um, before, you, before you play. Uh, and so there are two different types. There's the antigen test, which is immediate. Um, and then there is the, the PCR, which is, which is, takes a little longer to get those results back. And the PCR is kind of the gold standard. So if you test positive with an antigen, they immediately test you PCR wise and they find out and take that result and live and die by that. And so for the simple fact that we took two of those PCRs, they, they accepted those and we didn't have to test a third time. So we tested on Monday, we tested again on Thursday through PCR um, and we got those results and our whole team was, most of our team was negative. We did have one guy uh, uh, who tested positive, but he tested positive while he was, um, you know, over the Christmas break, you know, and that, that was, that's a whole different story and a whole different deal. Um, so that wasn't one, that wasn't the reason why you guys initially had to go into quarantine. Was no. So you guys had a new positive during this, these tests. Got it. And, and, you know, that's something I think you're going to have to get used to. That's something that I, that unfortunately, I think if you look across just Southern California, teams that are, are going missing all of a sudden, or players or coaches are going missing. I think LMU's on, on quarantine. Let's just talk about the big West. Cal Poly's on quarantine. Uh, Long Beach State, Riverside, us, we're coming out of quarantine. I think Northridge is now on quarantine. And so, um, you know, any any given day, anybody can get it. And, and the thing that's interesting is, you know, they're doing this contact tracing and trying to figure out where you got it, where it came from. But you never hear where that person came from, because I don't know that you can strictly identify that. But um, to answer your question, um, so the testing protocol, it is what it is. We did that deal. And, and, and obviously, you know, everybody met the standard. Um, so we traveled the day off. Um, on the bus, everybody is required to wear a mask, a face mask, even the driver. And then we are socially distanced. And the way they separate it is, is that they put seat belts and they say, do not sit here. And I think it's every third or fourth seat. So we're all socialized, social distance on the bus, um, but there's not enough room on the bus. And so we were able to, we had to take another car to create an opportunity for two other people to, to make the trip to two other important. And then our trainer is normally on the bus as well, but he had his own car. Mm. And so we had two cars and one bus and everybody traveled to Santa Barbara. And yes, we all stayed in the same hotel, but we were staying in different rooms. Um, every single, every single person had their own room. The coaches, I think all, everybody stayed in their, their own, own room, mm -hmm. but roommates, we still were still allowed to stay in the same room. So if they shared a room or apartment here, they were able to do that on the road. And so we were able to, to figure that part of it out. And that's the protocol that we're, we're going under. So that, that in itself, I mean, that's why I don't have any hair. 
we can't figure, I mean, trying to trying to figure all of that and then call, ball screen coverage and then all the things that go into running the program. I mean, you know, thank goodness we have a really, really good staff, an excellent staff. And I think one of the guys that's responsible for, for putting all that together um, is, is Rob Zui. And Zui is not how you say his last name. It's actually Zayway, but he was introduced to me as Zui. And so I sound, I feel funny saying Zayway. And, but that's his real name. But. I didn't even know that. For everybody that doesn't know, by the way, our, our editor slash producer is Rob. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He is behind the scenes on this show. So a big thank you. We don't say thank you enough to him. I'm actually not sure if we've said his name on this pod. Yeah. And so uh, a big thank you to Rob because this this wouldn't be happening without him. So no. a big thank you to Rob. But continue with your with what you were saying. Yeah, so he's responsible for doing all that, the room assignments, the travel and, and, and all that stuff. We can no longer eat and congregate in hotels. You know, in a room, we would have pregame meal and everybody would come in and get. And so that's individually packaged. They were dropped off to their room. Um, each meal that, that, that it is, we watched film, but we watched it socially distant, uh, distancing. You know, we had a big, huge ballroom and, and put it up on the projector. And so we watched film and you know, it just, it, it, it's taxing almost to think about what we all endured over the course of 48 hours, I think, um, to try to get two games in. And then I'm assuming everybody takes those buses and cars to the arena. And yeah. then having been at UCSB, I know that you guys had your own entrance. Yeah. There are four different entrances at UCSB. I think the players go in one for UCSB, the players for Cal State Fullerton into another slash the visitor, whoever it is. Mm -hmm. And then there's the tier two for UCSB, which is people like the media, which is where I went into. Yeah. Um, everybody had their own entrance. So they made sure that people weren't going back and forth yeah. that were from different parties. So you guys had your own entrance. And then what was the locker room situation like? Basically, once you entered the building, they had it cordoned off and, you know, a tent that kind of in an open space and it actually is your locker room. And basically you come in that, that particular entrance, that's tier one entrance, and you're the only team or tier one activity or not activity, but the person that is allowed in that entrance. Um, and so you come in and basically you walk in those doors and you walk right into that space. That is your, act, your, your locker room. And then right off of that space, you walk right onto the floor. And you basically, those are, those. that's where you, do your whole deal but like i said i mean normally you're in a locker room you can you can't hear much of anything that's going on the floor but you could hear them playing music at halftime and so on and so forth so it took some time to get get used to that but um you know different things like laundry we have shoot around the next day and guys have to wear their individual clothes because we're not you know we're not doing laundry the other school's not going to do the laundry for us. so i mean just just trying to adjust um you know, to those types of things, it was different. But, you know, it's funny, it's, it's when you do it, you don't know any different. You don't, you don't realize any different and you don't make a big deal out of it. You just get through it and, and exist and, and try to make the best out of the situation. And that's, that's what I think we were trying to do. And that's what I think we accomplished. And something that's very weird, but you, I'm sure you guys didn't shower at the place too, right? I'm assuming yeah. everybody did their own room. So nope. it's just completely different in terms of the whole getting there and being in your street clothes and being able to change and then you go through the entire process of it, you play the game and then everybody has their cooling off period where you go into the locker room and then you can go and shower and take your time. It's not like that. It, it really feels more like high school basketball in a sense than college basketball. Yeah. It feels just like high school, probably even maybe even junior high school, because I think even in high school, they allowed you to some, some of some places yeah. allowed you to shower. 
we didn't shower in, in my high school. At my high school, we just went home stinking, but yeah. what it is. Um, but but basically, you just show up there and you roll in there and you, you have your uniform on, you put your shoes on, you tie them up tight, and you go out and play. You win or lose, you come home and you, you know, go back to the locker room or locker, whatever it is they call it, but you, you take your stuff off and put some stuff on to, that's, that's dry. Hmm. Hopefully, you're warm enough to go outside to the bus and, and you go home. No, and, so then, and then you play the next day, obviously, and you guys, like you said, you went through the film and the ballroom, all that kind of stuff, and then you guys go home, and then you're going to do it all over again. I mean, yep. it's, it's strange, and it's funny because you talked about how the guys were worried, hey, did UCSB test? I'm sure UCSB felt the same way because they're talking about a team that's in quarantine right now. Right that means that somebody on their staff or a player had it, and so UCSB is thinking, well, damn we're kind of afraid to face them you know so it, yeah. it's such a weird dynamic and you did bring up the the one positive you guys had so i think that answers a question that we were talking about whether the clock resets if you guys get another test during quarantine the answer to that is no it seems like yeah well that it's situational okay. so that situation um the player was away from everybody else and we Got were kind of doing our own thing um and we were in quarantine yeah so, we were, you know, everybody was was doing their own thing in their own private, you know, homes, so to speak, in terms of their apartment and so on and so forth. And so they weren't, um, they weren't able or exposed to to this one particular player. And so it was treated as an isolated situation. And because he was not exposed to any of the other players, we didn't have to quarantine the whole team. But if somebody tests positive now, moving forward, because we are around each other, they will shut us back down. Yeah, I mean, it's now getting to the point, though, with you guys, where there aren't very many people left on your team to, uh, yeah. to test positive. So, so that, that's the only positive, um, no pun intended, of this whole entire situation is that it's getting to the point now where because you guys now have had three or four different instances of a player at, at, or a staff member, at least one, um, testing positive, then it, yeah. it should be beneficial, quote unquote, um, towards the end of the season as you continue to try and play these games. So you guys have two games in the books. So now you've played two thirds of your schedule has been these two games. Yeah. It, it must have been strange to go straight into playing games. How'd you like your fitness levels? Because you guys only played nine players in one game and then 10 in another. So you guys didn't have that deep roster that we had discussed during the regular uh, during the preseason when we were breaking down the roster. You know, I think I think going into the game was it was something that we had discussed in terms of our staff. We we obviously knew we weren't we were coming out of quarantine and basically gonna go right from quarantine to to play the game. And so that was on our mind in terms of conditioning. It was a concern for us in terms of safety, not necessarily whether or not they can make it through the game, but can they make it through the game safely? And and the next night I think it took its toll, so to speak. Um we got hurt it is what it is. I mean, there's a couple guys that, that, that one guy in particular, Tory San Antonio didn't play Saturday night. Um, okay. He took a knee to the thigh, deep, deep bone bruise basically. And, and he couldn't run the next, next day. And then, and then you have guys cramping up and doing different things. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, that you just got to get through, you know, and you almost look back and you say, well, who's available, who can play, you know, well, two guys are out and, one guy, we don't, we're not sure. And this guy has cramps and well, can he go? No. Okay. Well, let's put this other guy in, you know, and it's just one of those, one of those situations where you are juggling, you literally are juggling. I think at one time 
because of foul trouble, we had two of our two of our guys, Vincent and Johnny, were on the bench. And we had a little bit of a bastard lineup in. Um, but it's I think it's something that we have to get used to and it's something that we have to expect, quite frankly. And and now we have to figure out how to be uh, productive with that with that lineup. Um, and that's that was one thing that we talked about is is you know the first night is kind of getting out there and getting used to it, but putting some data and some things on film. And now we can get better. And here's how we're going to get better. We picked three or four or five areas defensively and three or four or five areas offensively. And we said, these areas have to get better. These are the things that are important to us. Um, no matter who's on the floor, no matter how long you're on the floor, are you productive in this particular area? And instead of biting off the whole apple, we just took small bites and said, hey, we got to be better from a defensive standpoint. And these are the things that we got to be better at rebounding you lose, I mean, really, really bad the first night. I think something like 38 to 27 or 26 the first night. And the second night, we actually won the rebounding war, 31 or 32 to 31, something like that. And so that was important to us. And so you incrementally take the game um, and you just try to get better. And these are things, yes, that you would probably be doing, you know, in the preseason and you're finding yourself doing those things in, in league. And that's just, it, it is what it is. It's a part of, 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 of the times that we exist in. Um, but it still is no excuse for us not to be productive. We're out there for whatever reason, with no practice, whatever, it is what it is. You know, we're, we're out there. So let's just make this try to make the best out of it. And I think the way that we are trying to make the best out of it is number one is manage our expectations. No, we don't expect to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect, but we do expect certain things. And one thing that we talked about as a team is just, you know, we expected a, a good effort. And I think you saw that even, I think you saw a good effort both nights. The first night, it wasn't as long of a good effort um, that it was the second night. But, but if we can incrementally get better in those particular areas, I think this club is set up to, to really, really take advantage of those things and, 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 you know, be who we want to become at the end of this deal. Yeah. And when you guys don't have Wayne, it's not easy, you know, I mean, that, that's one of the guys that you guys are relying on. And so he, he didn't play in either game. Um, and so you have to be impressed though, with what Trey and Dante did. I mean, for them to play the amount of minutes they did in the second game, and then just the production you got from the two of them, no I'm assuming they were two of your standouts from that opening weekend. No doubt. They, they, they definitely were standouts in, in more ways than one. I think the one that we're most proud of and most, or not proud of, but is most synonymous with a guy having success is, is point production. You know, I think the first night, the Trey Maddox had 27 points, you know, and the next night, um, Dante Maddox had 19 points. And so, you know, those are things that, you know, stand out in the stat sheet and, and, everybody's eyes automatically are drawn to that. But I think there's some other things that they each individually did that I think helped our ball club. But I also think there's some things that you can point to that may or may not be on the stats that stand out um, to helping us improve and helping us get better. Um, for instance, Josh Hall is a guy who's never practiced, hmm. never, ever practiced since we've been here. Wow. The first night we go, he goes out and he has 10 rebounds. That's productivity. That's the type of product, productivity that will allow you to be successful 
um, whether it's on the floor, whether it's in life. I mean, if you produce at that level, the sky's the limit in terms of, of you being successful. Um, the next night, I think from a rebounding standpoint, you know, you could go down the line in terms of guys, but there's a committed effort on from one night to the next of getting better, particularly at the rebound, particularly taking advantage of, of getting to the paint, you know, some things that we've outlined for those guys. And again, I think it's focused their attention and focused them on to, to do something. And they went out and they did it and gave themselves a good chance to win that game uh, last night. And the one thing with Josh is he is a guy that had experience coming in, having played at Nevada and then Missouri State. So that's one thing when you uh, come into a season like this and you aren't able to bring along the freshmen the way that you would like to. You've ever since you've had Kyle and Khalil and those guys leave, you've been bringing in guys that have been juniors and seniors and playing only for a couple of years, but guys that came in with experience Mm -hmm. and that's gotta be a huge benefit is having some of these guys that already have experience where you don't need to hold their hand as they begin the season and they've already gone through a season. So they know what it's like. And so, especially in a season like this, where you only played one game before the expectations for what was coming, they already knew what was coming. So that has to be extremely beneficial going forward and especially in those first two games. No, it was very, very beneficial. I think, you know, one, one of the things that we talk a great deal about is maturity and experience. And this group has that on paper. It's unfortunate that we're now getting that as a group, as a unit, as a team now on January 2nd is our third game. You know, we're getting those things, but But I will say that maturity and experience allows you to find your rhythm quicker. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you do realize you said it yourself. I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, you have an 18 year old freshman who's probably your most productive from a points performance standpoint on the second night. And so what it does is it just shows you that, you know, you are heading in the right direction with the right guys that are believing the right thing, the character level of that team. Um, is eventually going to come together. And I like in basketball, and I, guys, I say this all the time, talking to our guys as an analogy, but I'm huge in the music. And, and, and I always tell them, you know, we, everybody has their own rhythm, but nonetheless, the, the beat drops on two and four. If you listen to music, like there's one, two, three, four. That's the beat, that's the rhythm. And so we as a team are trying to find that, but within that, you all have your own rhythm and everybody has their own routine and how they dance and how they do things. But those that find the rhythm and they find the beat on two and four, they look smoother. They look better. And I eventually, I think our team has an opportunity to do those things. And so we have to do, we have to find our rhythm, you know, and it's unfortunate that, that it's January that we're trying to find that, but it is what it is. You know, it's part of, of what we're doing and, and what we're experiencing and the situation that we're living under. But I do believe this, that if you do find your rhythm, you will hear a very melodious sound at the end of this deal. Do you feel like your team is close to improving, at least in finding their rhythm in that second game? No, no question. No question. I think a lot of it has to do with with they can see themselves on film and now they know what to improve on. They know what to get better. They know what to attach themselves to physically. You know, the first time we went, the first game we played, I mean, we're playing a really well-oiled machine, you know, who who lives and dies off of rebounding. You know, 
Um, and they beat us really bad from a rebounding standpoint. And, and one of the things to win games is you got to rebound the basketball. Well, yeah. you know, if you look at the margin from one night to the other, it, it's different. And we gave ourselves a chance to win. I mean, among other things there that, that are out there, I think rebounding is probably the most thing, the most talked about thing, at least in my own mind, um, that, that will give you a chance to win because we talked about this, it travels. Yeah. Rebounding travels. It doesn't matter where you play, when you play, you can all, you're always going to have an opportunity to rebound. That will always be a determining factor, in my opinion, in terms of winning and losing. And that's an area that we want to hang our hat on. I mean, listen, you, you guys lost by four in a game where you committed 14 more turnovers than your opponent. And I know that's something that drove you nuts, I'm sure, when you guys committed 22 turnovers. Sure. But if you cut those out, yeah, a damn near perfect game. I mean, you guys shot 19 of 19 from the line. I mean, that is unheard of, especially I know it's something that bugs the hell out of you is whenever you see guys missing free throws to go 19 of 19 from the line and then go eight of 14 from three. I mean, you played a pretty good game. You guys obviously didn't shoot well outside of three. I mean, nine of 31 is pretty terrible. But (laughs) apart from that, I mean, a lot to really be happy about from that second game. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to feel good about and a lot of stuff that that you can um, build on. You know, most notably, I thought our effort was in the right place. I thought our intention was in the right place. I thought our effort and our energy was at, you know, a 10 out of 10, both nights. But I think some of the turnovers that we saw, some of the careless turnovers that we saw, a lot of that had to do with conditioning, you know, coming down. I think we had one instance where I turned my back and two of our players running into each other. And I'm like, what, what just happened? That's a conditioning deal. If they're well, you know, in some type of condition, you obviously don't do that. But as you and I both know, if you are tired and when you are tired, the first thing that goes is your mind. Your decision-making is altered. And so you might think you got out of the way or you went this far to get out of the way, but the reality is, hey, man, you didn't go nowhere. You ran right into them, causing us to have a turnover, allowing them to capitalize on that. I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of opportunities um, for us to keep our turnovers down, but I think I would say maybe even 10 of those turnovers were probably uh, mental errors that, that occurred because we weren't, you know, we're not in basketball shape. And it's not just that. It's not just the basketball shape, but it's the not being able to practice and knowing where your teammate's going to be type of the deal. I mean, turnovers also get cut out when you are on the same page. And like you said, back to the word rhythm, when you guys are, have that rhythm and you guys can make up for those types of things you know so it it's interesting and now you go into a series where you take on long beach state um this coming weekend what are your expectations for that series because long beach state just took on cal state bakersfield and split that series sure you know every night is going to be a challenging night you know as you saw friday to saturday is going to be to a tale of two two different stories so so my thing is just just trying to get better identify the areas that we want to get better and how we're going to lead to that accountability. Notice I didn't say hold us accountable. And I learned that from a guy, his name is Jason Wells. I, I, before we recorded, I was on a call with him and, and he was doing something. And, and I love that terminology in terms of leading someone to accountable things that allow versus 
holding us accountable to those things. That's a pressure tactic. Um, but I think there are things that, that happen throughout the course of the game that we need to get better at and, and lead ourselves to be accountable in those particular areas. And if I think, and I think if we are, you know, we can expect good things to happen, but I expect us to continue to get better. I expect us to use every opportunity that we're on the floor to our advantage to get better at those things, whether it's transition offense or defense, whether it's ball screen coverage, whether it's ball screen offense, you know, whether it's rebounding, it doesn't matter. We're going to identify those things and we're going to keep them short. You know, at this time in, in the year, they're probably, you know, you, you expand that list. There are probably 10 or 15, 10, probably 10 things that you have determined will allow you to be successful. Well, we don't know what they are to be that deep. So we're going to shrink those things and keep them offensively and defensively. But I think having good energy and having great effort are, are you have to do that. And that's one thing that I told our team. I said, we don't have time to coach those things or wonder whether or not they're going to be there. That's a given. If you want the best from our staff, if you want the best from each other, nobody can ever question energy and effort. That has to be a given. And I think our team really, really grew in that department. And we also understand that if we have that, we give ourselves an added advantage, um, an added advantage to, to, to winning that ball game. It's interesting because you guys, it really seems like, and you, you've always kind of been like this, where you're focused more on yourselves and the opponent. I mean, no you're, not, you're not worried about the opponent. You, you want to get your team on the right page. You know that if you're doing the right things, then your team has a chance to win. It doesn't matter what the opponent does on a given night. As long as you guys are dotting your I's, crossing your T's, you can control your own destiny mm -hmm. is the type of thing that you, you do continue to, to preach. But when you look at Long Beach State, what about their team this year worries you? They, they don't have Joshua Morgan. He transferred. So what about that team worries you? You know, what, what worries me, and I haven't really looked in and dived in, dove into that team per se, um, as we will come in the next couple of days. Um, but, I, but, but I think they're guard heavy and they're guard oriented and they can really score. They're probably three or four, probably three guys on the perimeter that can really, really light it up and really get it going, allowing them to, to be a formidable opponent. Um, <clears throat> I think they're young in the post area, young being inexperienced together. I, 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 you know, I think that's an area that, that we all suffer from, you know, they've had more opportunity in that area. But again, I think, I don't think they're, they're who they have been in the past. I mean, if you look at Long Beach State in the past, they, they've had some monsters down there and they've been really, really good. Um, so, you know, I don't know a whole lot other than um, they put up a lot of points. Um, they're, they're a scary athletic team, especially if you let them get up and down the floor. Um, and they, can, they play a style that if you fall into that style, it's, it could be a long night for you. Yeah, and one thing about them, by the way, is they'd only played three games before conference. So it's not like they're a team that is, uh, that's had a bunch underneath their belt. So that's one positive yeah. for sure. Is yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens when the two teams go at each other. But it, it'll be an interesting test. I think you guys having those two games against Santa Barbara will be huge mm -hmm. because you know kind of what your team has on the injury front and on the sickness front. Are you anticipating any guys coming back to your roster this weekend or do you think you're going to be stuck with the same nine or ten I think we'll have some guys back 
um, from injury and from from the virus. Um, but but again, you know, I'm I'm just trying to live day by day. And and today we were off. We're not around each other, so I don't know who's where. We're going to reconvene tomorrow and and try to take advantage of the opportunity to be on the court and to lift weights and do some of the things that that a normal team would do during this time of the year. And then we're going to see who's out there. You know, guys are returning from injury. Guys are returning from from a lot of different things. Um, but we're going to see who's out there. But I will say this, whoever is out there, um, I, I, we're going to take advantage of them being out there and we're going to find a way to be productive. You know, that's, that's, that's in my opinion, that's the goal of, of our group is no matter who's on the floor, no matter when we're on the floor, because that opportunity and that chance has been taken away from us. Mm-hmm. When we are given that, we're going to try to take advantage of it and be execution driven to be productive uh, with our time. And, and that's, that's kind of, you know, another theme that, that I think we all learned this weekend with our group is, is yeah, we're going to embrace the suck. It sucks that we have to play these games and we haven't had any practice, blah, 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 blah. but we're still out there. We're still have the opportunity to go out there and play. And because we're out there, we're going to try to rely on the execution to allow us to be productive. And that's something that we'll, we'll, we'll buy into moving forward. Yeah, I'm excited to see what this team does because it really does seem like, and it's funny because it's not like I'm sitting here following this team step by step and <laughs> on the inside knowing everything that's going on, but just from the outside, it really does seem like a late start, obviously. It's one of those things where if you continue to try and control your own destiny and you have the leadership that you have and everybody does contribute, it is something that's beneficial where you guys could bloom late. And you guys learn as you go. I mean, just the improvement from Friday to Saturday against UCSB tells you really all you need to know about your team already, which is a huge positive. I mean, the fact that you guys were able to improve the way you did from one night to another, it it could be beneficial. And you guys, you and I have talked about this. Yeah. And and let's be honest, the conference schedule means nothing. I mean, as long as you make the NC, as long as you make the big West tournament and you are one of those eight teams yeah. That's really all that matters. I mean, you got, you and I have always talked about that, that yeah. seating is nice for sure, but any team can beat any other team on any given night. I mean, you and I know that. No doubt. I think, I think I was watching Santa Barbara play Irvine and they had the graphic up on ESPN three. I think the channel where the game was on, but they had over the last, I think it's the last 10 years in, in our conference, there's been eight different teams that have gone on and won the tournament and went to the NCAA tournament. So that proves what you are saying, that all you want to do at that point is get into the tournament. Once you're in the tournament, it's a whole new ball of wax. And, and, and speaking of a whole new ball of wax, I was kind of chuckling because I had another head coaching friend that, that, he, that texted me and said, hey, great job, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I texted him back. I said, yeah, I guys competed and did this, that, and the other. I said, we did that with no practice. So right now I'm thinking that we shouldn't practice. <laughs> literally we shouldn't practice and just go out and play so that too is also a whole new ball of wax that we may uh we may use uh, i don't know if we are gonna practice <laughs> you, you guys come out and look like ass against long beach jade i can guarantee you the next week you guys will not be practicing you're gonna see if that if that works the following weekend you know me all too well you know me all too well i am a creature of habit and and if we didn't practice and play well hey man we might not practice and play well so now we're hoping that the guys don't hear this because I'm sure they don't want to practice, but at the same time, they also don't want to look like ass for two straight nights because no getting chewed out by their head coach for two nights may not be worth it. 
No, no doubt. And, and, and I, t I said this to our guys, like as, as we were having shoot around. And the only reason I bring it up is just because after the shoot around, one of the, one of the players who had Trey, he said it himself, he, he's been at Oakland, Oakland, and he numbered really, really well at Oakland. And he said, man, what you said, we can really visualize that, but really understand and appreciate that. And what I told our guys is like, hey, listen, yeah, I'm your coach. Yeah, I have this, all this experience, but, but understand, I'm only giving you this to organize you. I'm only saying this to org. I'm not trying to take anything that you do. I'm not trying to disrupt your talent or your rhythm. All I'm doing is I want to organize you in a fashion that everybody knows what everybody is doing and we can go together as an organized group and try to attempt to be successful. That's all. That's what our offense is. That's what our defense is. Like, like our calls on defense, the ball screen coverage, we can cover, you, you can take the exact opposite and do it different. If all five guys are on the same page and it's organized, you got a good chance. Yeah. And, and literally that's the way I look at this thing is just, you know, even us practicing, I'm not practicing to try to try to put these, you know, this little nugget in or that little nugget. It's time out for that. We don't, we don't have any time for that. All we have time to do is to try to get organized, try to be organized together and then accomplish something together in certain areas. And, and, that's that's our philosophy and that's different i think than 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 maybe previous years like i mentioned earlier that list is probably shrunk to three to five things versus 10 or 12 because you don't get to expand that list because again the time is just you're fighting to do things that you would have done you know early in the fall or 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 you know at the start of the season you're still trying to figure those things out and so i mean it's almost, you know, as, as the age old sad adage says, less is more. And, and we're doing that. Organization and rhythm seem to be two of the biggest things that uh, you can take away if you've been listening to this show from start to finish. And let's go ahead. Let's hit up that mailbag. I mean, let's let detailer coaches show at gmail.com presented by we don't know. <laughs> it could be you. If you are watching, if you are listening, we are happy to take on sponsors. If people want to go and sponsor the show and they want to be the presented by, we are happy to do that. We would love to have people incorporate in the show. You would like people incorporate in the show, wouldn't you, Diedrich? That would be awesome. That would, that would actually be absolutely awesome because we are doing what we want to do, which is give information to, to people, but also share information with people that helps them become better. So the detailer coaches show at gmail.com is the email address. It is the mailbox presented by to be determined. All right, let's hit it up. Let's go to Tim Vincent first. My man, uh, a guy that we hear from most of the time on this show. Yep. Um, what pleased you the most or was the biggest surprise about the first two games? And what was your biggest dis disappointment? What pleased me the most um, was, was, was again, the character of the guys, you know, for us to get our heads bashed in Friday night and lose the game by over 20 points and then respond the way that they responded the next night, that wasn't surprising. That was actually refreshing because it let me know that these guys care about the team. They are concerned about the team. We could have easily under the circumstances just mailed that thing in and, and tried to get through it as quickly as possible. But I mean, like you said in the opening, we were up we were leading the game and all the momentum was on our side, but 
but having the experience that I have, I looked at the clock and there was a lot of time left. And I said, oh my, there's too much time. And I was worried about our conditioning and I was worried about them seeing us turn the ball over. I mean, like literally I told one of the refs before the game, I said, hey man, it's really good to see you. But I'm telling you right now, put a helmet on because I have no idea where the ball is going to go. Like it could be anywhere. So if somebody hits you with it, it's not intentional, you know? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I was, I was super, super pleased with, with how we responded, but the improvement that this group showed from one night to the other and just their attention to detail and their attitude towards that improvement, I thought um, was, was really, really impressive uh, to say the least. I think it's been different um, dealing with this team. Obviously we're in different circumstances, but dealing with this team, I mean, it's different than, than, than we've, we've ever dealt with a, a group of guys, a group of, of, of individuals that we're trying to make into a team. Um, it's just different. And disappointment, I'm assuming you can normally look at the turnovers, but that's up to conditioning. So what yeah. is the biggest disappointment? The biggest disappointment, quite frankly, you want to know the truth. The biggest disappointment is having to play the freaking game. That's the biggest disappointment. Honestly, that is, that is the biggest disappointment is having to play those games, setting yourself up to be in a non-winnable situation. It appears as though that was a non, like, like the, the head coach from the other team, the next night, the, the last night, he, he, we, we exchanged some, some pleasantries and said some things. And there's a great deal of respect that we have for each other um, already. But he said, hey, man, like what those kids and what you guys have done is nothing short of a miracle. And the amount of respect that people around have for what they saw tonight, it's mind blowing. And so, I mean, that's my biggest disappointment. But again, out of that disappointment is birth, you know, all this respect for each other, me for the group. Um, but I think more importantly and most importantly is the respect that they showed themselves, what they're capable of if they are bought in at the level that they're bought in to the things that they're bought into that will allow them to have success over the course of, the, of this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, what you guys did in that short amount of time is like, like he said, nothing short of extraordinary. Let's go to Harrison Fagan, who has been, he used to cover this team for a long time when he long time, age boogie. there you go. So uh, Harrison Fagan, one thing I'd be curious about, how are you guys still trying to do bonding activities for team chemistry? How do you build that in the age of COVID? Any socially distanced or remote activities to help them come together and get to know each other better, especially the new guys? You know, it's difficult. It, it's really difficult to do those things because we've been on quarantine three different times and, you know, we try to Zoom and, and we do different things. But, but I think that bonding started when we got all of our team together, like sometime in late May. Um, and I think we added one more guy uh, in, in late June, or, or we were able to have everybody together in June, but that bonding, the conversation piece during that time, because everybody's new, everybody's attentive, everybody's listening, the zoom calls, they're fresh. They're, they're not used to doing that. You know, the environment is different. And so we started trying to do those things then. And so what you're seeing now is we're trying to build off those in a shorter amount of time in terms of zoom, like we'll get on zoom and our calls, our calls will last maybe 12 minutes, hmm. maybe. And I, and that's purposeful. 
because I just don't think that guys can, at this point, you got to give them what they're going, what you're going to give them. They're going to get what they get and they're off. They're, they're, they're moving on. Like you can see their attention span start to wander. And then the minute I see that, boom, I, I get off of it. And so, so you're not doing basically a, a, a team movie night or a get to know your teammate uh, type of zoom thing or a, uh, let's play, let's play game. People, I mean, have been doing their game nights and doing different games. Yeah. On and I think the thing that's, that's beneficial in, in lieu of those types of activities is they all live together. Mm-hmm. So they're doing things and they're saying things um, that I think are beneficial to team bonding. Like for instance, we're on the bus last night towards the end of our trip. And, and I think Trey Maddox sends me a video of something that you as a coach, you ask your team to do, but it's halftime. We're up. One of the freshmen had just hit a big shot. He was passed to by another freshman who we think is re- going to be really good. But Trey got those two together. And you can see, I don't know what he said, but you could, you saw them embracing one another and having some conversation. And they were excited about what had been done. The night before, we had every reason to mail it in and say, hey, you know what? This is, we getting, we getting. But I think that birthed what we saw at halftime. And again, what I'm most excited about in, 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 in terms of, you know, developing team chemistry is, is we talk about it. Like we show them film of themselves. Everybody likes to talk about themselves and see themselves. And so we show them information of themselves and, and we, we talk in team concepts like, hey, you have a job to do that's going to make the next person better. And it's, it's something that's always present. It's always vigilant because, or we're always vigilant of it because it's so, it's so important. You know, teams that are, are successful, they have a level of respect and care and genuine concern for the person to the right and the left. Doesn't mean that they always have to like them, but it does mean that they have to respect them and they have to give them what they have to offer at the level they have to offer it or it's not gonna work. And so we talk about it a great deal. There's, there's probably not a time that we get together that it's not brought up one fashion or another. So it's more of learning from different instances than a actual team activity type of thing. You yeah. guys aren't doing activities because frankly, your team doesn't have the team yeah. at this point. So it's more of hoping that these guys on their own will be able to build that chemistry. And apart from that, it's kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and they do. They do. Like they have private conversations with themselves. They have conversations with our staff in terms of film. Like, for instance, last Friday, or no, excuse me, Sunday. Sunday and Monday, Irvine and Santa Barbara were playing each other. And so we talked, I think, Monday night after the game. And I said, how many of you guys, what? like it wasn't mandatory that they watch the game or anything. I said, hey, tell me, just show of hands, how many of you guys watched it? Everybody on the screen watched the game. Hmm. Everybody on the screen. Now, previously, if you would have made that mandatory, you probably wouldn't have everybody, you know, um, raise their hand if you make it mandatory. But I think to speak to the character of this team and how together they can be and how, how vigilant they are of those things, they're doing things on their own. And, and I guarantee you, if somebody didn't watch the game, I wouldn't have had to say nothing. Somebody would have got after that dude. That's good. Uh, those, are, those are teams that, that you can expect um, a, great deal, a, lot, a great deal of uh, success from because they're player-led teams. Yeah, and that's one thing where there's less pressure on you 
to try and handle that stuff. It's like you said, it's more player led and it's a good recipe for success down the road. And so we'll see what you guys learn from those two games against UCSB as you take on Long Beach State again on Friday and Saturday. We'll come back again. We're recording this on a Sunday. The goal again is to record on Sunday and release it a couple of days later. So a big thank you to you, Diedrich, as always. If anybody that's watching the show on YouTube and you guys want to subscribe to it, great. Really appreciate it. Again, you can listen to it as well wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review the podcast. It will help as well. And we weren't kidding. If you, if you do want to be involved in the show and you, you do yeah. want to be a sponsor of the show, please reach out to dtaylorcoachesshow at gmail.com. And a big thank you to Rob, our producer, as well. So, Diedrich, it's been a pleasure, my man. And now we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens in those two games against Long Beach State. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. And, and obviously, always uh, the highlight of my week is coming on with you. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too as well and with your family and Happy New Year to everybody. I mean, it, somehow, someway, we'll make it even happier than it, than it is. And so until next time, he's Diedrich. I'm Brandon. Have a good one, everybody. See you.